0: Now, there's no question what tune will be on my heart this week when I'm humming in the car or doing work at my desk, I'll be thinking of the, that tune that, that Hannah just played. And, uh, and I love that. I, I love to reflect on that. I love when it's quiet, and you get to think about stuff and that piece becomes a, a marvelous piece. That hymn is so beautiful. I love that third verse, perverse and foolish, oft I've strayed, but yet in love. You sought me and on his shoulder gently laid and home, home, rejoicing brought me. It's a soulful Sunday at St. John's. I don't have a sermon that is five things you got to know to fill in blanks. I, I don't have a sermon this morning that's like a halftime speech that you're going to want to get up and pound up against the gates of hell. I just. I don't have that sermon because the text doesn't drive those sorts of images. The, the text today, both from Psalm 23 and from John chapter 10, are this picture, the, the good shepherd. It's a soulful piece. It's a piece at a time in life where things are nutty and crazy and there's so much to do. I talked to my friend this week. I'm speaking for him at a, at a conference this coming week in Fort Collins, Colorado. And, and he said, what is it about May, Clink? And I said, I don't know, Tim, but it's driving me crazy. He goes, well, on our staff, we call it the 90 days of May. And you know what? I thought that made all the sense in the world. The 90 days of May. For those of us who have students in school and doing all of those things, we're we're closing down school. Our our students, our acolytes, they got back from their D.C. trip and had a good time and got back, but that kind of signals the end of of school at St. John's and and all the stuff that goes with that, the gala last night, the kindergarten graduation, the preschool functions, the eighth grade graduation, and I had graduation for my daughter last night from Azusa Pacific University and all sorts of stuff going on, and then you throw in a weddings and you throw in confirmations and you throw in all the stuff on top of finishing and starting and, oh, my word, 90 days of May. I thought that made great sense. He said, I'm going to take that hashtag and I'm going to use that. And I said, well, that's the coolest thing in the world. If you make any money, you can share it with me. It'll be great. So today's message doesn't necessarily speak to your intellect. I'm not going to talk about how to raise sheep because I know less about that than I know maybe about anything else in the whole world. I'm not necessarily going to teach about all the stuff you got to know to do thus and such, but but maybe as we meditate and reflect a little bit, this beautiful place, a very busy time of the year, maybe your soul will be at peace for a few moments. And in that peace, you'll find a connection to Jesus, the Good Shepherd. Maybe a way that'll just give you enough strength to hang in there for the next 23 days. The text is so beautiful. Randy read that, that the first part of it, and, and I'd like to reread from John 10, verses 14 through 18. Um, I have the authority to lay it down and the authority to take it up again, this command I received from my Father." The verbs drive John 10 and Psalm 23. The the, the verbs are the most important pieces of of any lesson. If you're sitting and wondering what to, to think about and what to meditate on, the verbs are the most important because we find out more about Jesus in what He does. And here he says, he knows you. I know my sheep and my sheep know me, Jesus. Says he knows you. One of the greatest human needs created into us is that need to know and to be known. Not just in a superficial way where you say, I know your name, I know your favorite football team, I know your favorite kind of chocolate cake. I know all these little things about you, but, but, but to be known deeply and richly that someone would know what our inspiration and our motivation is, that someone would know what's in our heart and our souls, and, and that our lives would be open to those people in a way that, that makes the relationship like this. That's what Jesus is talking about. You're about knowing people, not just a high five or a fist pump walking by them, but knowing who they are beyond what they do. It's a knowing that's not transactional. He says, I know my sheep and my sheep know me. The Good Shepherd knows you. And I don't mean knows you like a little. I mean like knows you, knows you. Understands you. Speaks the right word at the right time to you. Loves you in an unmistakable way. In a way that, that, that fits you. That's what it means to know And the beauty of that, to know and to be known. I don't know about you, but the person who knows me the best is probably my wife. And what's miraculous about that is we've been married 29 years. And knowing all my faults and all my problems, she still loves me. She knows me better than anybody else in the whole world. And she still loves me. Known and being, being known and knowing someone else may be of the richest things that God provides for his lambs, our anxieties, our fears, our pains, all of those things, the moments where sheep, where we went off the trail and we said, now what? He knows us and he loves us. Even in spite of what we've done, he knows and loves us. A marvelous, deep peace of who God is and what God is all about is that you are known and cherished as a lamb in the flock of the good shepherd, not because of what you've done, but because of who you are. Another verb that drives this comes from Psalm 23. He said, he feeds our souls as a shepherd feeds his sheep. I'm not sure what my brother-in-law or my father-in-law put in the stuff the sheep eat. I like the smell of fresh cut alfalfa and I kind of like the smell of the hay as it's baled and chopped up and put in the silo. But what I really like is kind of the smell of molasses in the oats and wheat and stuff that they put in that they feed the sheep out on the farm. And I don't know what is in that stuff But you could put milk and sugar on it and you could eat it. And the sheep love it. The hay comes and the sheep kind of turn their noses up. And they say, yeah, whatever. That's just the hay. It's all good. But boy, do they like the stuff. Oats. The stuff that goes in there that smells so good. The sheep just love it. Their tails twist. They snort. They push one another out of the way. They get in, and they nudge, and the little ones come in underneath, and they get their nose in that stuff, and they end up with this nose full of this feed that smells like this rich, rich molasses. They just go bonkers for it. The scriptures tell us today, our good shepherd feeds us, not with oats, not with maybe a little bit of granola, but... He feeds us. He feeds the tired soul. The soul that says, I'm so hungry from all the stuff I've done. I need something of an eternal nature. I need something bigger than just the straw of the world. i got to have something bigger and grander that, that feeds my soul. And so he says, how about this? I'll give you the biggest, grandest love in the history of the world. A love so great that it will overflow in your soul. A love so huge and so redemptive that you don't have to ever worry about being starved for love and grace and kindness ever again. He feeds that tired soul with His love. And He feeds the pained and guilty soul with His grace instead of kind of leveraging his relationship and saying i'm the good shepherd now this is how you got to get after it he says i am the good shepherd here's some grace for your soul here's some love for your heart i know you and i love you here's some words that encourage your spirit here's a meal that draws you close Here's a baptism of two little guys that strengthens your spirit your soul. He feeds our hearts this morning and provides the, 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 the very best. He draws us back into that thing where, where, where he says, uh, I gave my life for the sheep. So the grace is real, not made up. The nutrition that comes from that flows from the cross of Calvary. He is a good shepherd who instead of sacrificing the sheep, sacrificed himself. A good shepherd who feeds his lambs well and cherishes those lambs moment by moment and bit by bit. That is who Jesus is and what he does for us. You are love. And the mark of that love is his cross for you. The mark of that love is his grace poured out for you. The mark of that love is that he doesn't keep a spreadsheet of our sins, but rather he washes them away when he dies on the cross for you and for me. He's a good shepherd because he's done that. And we are well-fed lambs who are cherished and known. And that last verb is marvelous. He provides community. He provides relationships. Just look around. We clapped together as Colin and Kaylee were baptized. It wasn't just two families in here kind of hanging out hoping for the best. Rather, there's 400 of us sitting together as the body of Christ. Look around. You're not alone. I was amazed when my wife and I were driving out east on the 91. And if you're familiar with that, you know there's been... uh, Construction after construction after construction all the way out to the 60 and, and it just is gone and gone and gone And you never know if you're in the right lane or the wrong lane. I'm getting honked at and I'm straddling two lanes. I'm like come on man driving with the bumps and the bots and dots and all that stuff and And I was amazed that we could drive all the way to the 15 before we had to stop a billion dollars and we gained another 10 miles fantastic But I don't speak to California government this morning, even though I could, given the ruling this week, but... <laughs> but I speak to the amount of people that we live with and by. There's a lot, a lot. So much so that traffic stops wherever you go. The marvelous part of the hard part of living in Southern California is that there's so many people and people still feel alone. Alone in their cars. Alone at their job. Some even alone in their family saying, well, yeah, right, but I don't have that person who knows me. And so God provides relationships. You are not alone. You are not alone. You are a lamb in the flock of the Good Shepherd. You are not alone. We are the flock. And sheep travel together because sometimes there's that little lamb that blows his way through the gate and the fence and just goes and runs. And he doesn't turn around until he hears the other sheep doing their thing, whether it's bleating or singing or playing or whatever. And all of a sudden, he hears the flock doing their thing. Or maybe he hears the voice of that good shepherd and he says, now I got to get back to where my people are. I got to get back to the flock of the good shepherd. And so the flock calls that one back. And sometimes the older ones are needed by the younger ones. Sometimes the crusty old you and the crusty old ram, sometimes those ones are there for the little ones so that when there's danger and pain and and suffering, the big ones can butt out the danger and the little ones and the younger ones find refuge. We need one another. We are not alone. We are in Christ and Christ in us. We are known in Christ. We are fed in Christ. And we are drawn into a warm and a gracious community, a community that loves and cares, that reaches out and reaches in. When one little lamb is wounded or hurting, the community reaches out in love and service. And that last piece of Psalm 23 as well, when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I won't be afraid, David writes. I won't be afraid. For it's the Good Shepherd that leads us through and down that path and down and through that portal. With goodness and with mercy, he leads his lambs, he leads you. So I don't leave you with a list of 50 things you got to do today or preach with my hair on fire with great evangelistic fervor, both of which I can do. Stand as a pastor who loves his people dearly. pastor who loves the community of the flock. If you were to say to me, pastor, we don't want to have a a relational church, I would have to resign because that's how I roll. That's what I do. But I don't have a list of things you need to do today. Nothing more in a busy time that you need to transact rather a marvelous calling back to comforting, peaceful words of God, words that are about being rather than doing, words that echo the voice of the one who says, I know you, and I love you, and I'll be with you. In the name of our Good Shepherd, Jesus, amen.